Hi, I'm Yusuf Hassan, and you're listening to Africa Aware, a podcast from the Chatham House Africa program. Welcome back to Africa Aware. On this episode, we'll be discussing Mozambique's agriculture and rural development. Mozambique is a country with a long-standing history of agricultural success, and the sector remains vital to the country's economy. In fact, agriculture accounted for 26% of Mozambique's GDP in 2020, and employs more than 70% of its workforce. The Mozambican government has made agriculture a top priority, and in recent years the sector has seen significant growth. This growth has been driven by a number of factors, including increased investment in infrastructure, improved access to markets, and the adoption of new technology. Despite these successes, there are still challenges facing Mozambique's agriculture sector. One of the biggest challenges is, of course, poverty, with many rural households in Mozambique still living below the poverty line. Another challenge is, of course, climate change. Mozambique is a vulnerable country to climate change, and the sector is already being affected by changes in weather patterns. These changes are leading to more extreme weather events, such as droughts and floods, which are damaging crops and livestock. Despite these challenges, Mozambique has made significant progress in agriculture and rural development. The sector is now a major contributor to the country's economy, and it is playing an important role in poverty reduction and food security. On this special episode, I'll be speaking to Celso Ismail Correa, the Minister of Agriculture and Rural Development for Mozambique. We discuss the challenges and opportunities facing the sector, his insights on how Mozambique can continue to grow this sector and fundamentally improve the lives of the citizens that he represents. We hope you enjoy listening. Celso Ismail Correa has been the Minister of Agriculture and Rural Development since February 2020, while serving his second mandate as a minister in the government of Mozambique. Between the years of 2014 and 2019, Celso was the Minister of Land and Environment and Rural Development, a field in which he brought a renewed vision for the environmental and social sustainability issues facing the country, establishing a number of successful initiatives, including the Sustenta project, which had its main goal at improving the lives of rural communities and families through income generation, through agriculture. Prior to serving in the public sector, Minister Correa chaired one of the largest investment holding companies in Mozambique, Incitec, which focused on banking, construction, infrastructure and energy. Additionally, he acted as chairman of BCI, Commercial Investment Banking, chairman of Mfanda Nkua Hydroelectric and a member of the board of directors of Cements of Mozambique. Your Excellency, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. And to begin immediately, I want to ask about the plans that you have to enhance regional collaboration and knowledge sharing amongst African countries to foster agricultural development, given your role, and what you see as the importance of innovation, especially with the African continental free trade area, beginning to show dividends. And what role do you see technology and innovation playing in enhancing agricultural productivity and market access for Mozambican farmers in the context of the free trade area? This is a very strong question because for decades or centuries African people were not trading between themselves and and when you ask why you don't find a a very specific answer because uh, we produce a lot and uh, most of our production gets out of the country or the continent and uh, eventually we we end up importing so you sometimes you have uh, production that goes from Mozambique to China and to China, to a country in Africa. So creating this uh, platform of African trade, I think will make a big change 
and make African countries more independent financially because we trade in our currencies. Also, we can actually create a balance of availability of food in the world that has got a lot of challenges in terms of anger. Uh, as you know, at the moment, the Sahel region is fighting for to survive and there's a lot of people going into the situation and most of the food maybe will be coming from Europe or somewhere else. So buying from us uh, helps us to have a, a good market and also sustainable income for our families, especially in agriculture. In terms of technology, this is a big change because if you develop your technology that is adapted to our continent or specific areas, you can import that technology. At the moment, Mozambique is importing seeds from Zimbabwe, Zambia, and we expect also to export our production of technology in years to come. So this is something that makes all the sense, simple trade between African countries. So as Mozambique, we are very much aware of the benefits and very much involved in this process. Obviously, challenges will be between uh, making sure you have a good affordable logistic systems in order to move products into the continent. But as a country, Mozambique, for example, has good infrastructure, port infrastructure, railways infrastructure, and uh, our coastal line between countries, especially in SADC. We are neighbors with South Africa, Zambia, Zimbabwe, Malawi, Tanzania. So it's it makes, makes all the sense. I'll tell you, one of the biggest opportunities that we have for Mozambique is that the region imports more than $1.5 billion of cooking oil. And Mozambique is one of the biggest countries in terms of potential for producing cooking oil. So this will change. And in order for us to produce and satisfy this need, uh, we would have to involve more than a million smallholder farmers into this production. So this is something that is really creating a big difference in the continent and will push forward with this policy. Thank you so much, Minister. To follow up on that, when we're talking about agriculture, a key topic for us is, of course, African agency. How do you see the government's ability to incorporate traditional knowledge and indigenous practices into agricultural development plans, thereby preserving African cultural heritage and, of course, practicing African agency? There's two sides of the coin. Because if you say preserving heritage culture from Africa means keeping the families in poverty? No. If you say it's uh, bringing crops that we are usually more capable of producing than other countries or other continents, that's a big yes. And also using all technologies that we have, that we have developed local technology for years and years that can replace and be more efficient or with a similar efficiency than the, the ones that you have at the moment, makes all the sense. But there's one thing that we won't fall for it, which is not allowing people to use new technology that will make them more productive. But we also must make sure that we're not dependent on the technologies that are controlled by monopolies. I would say there's a current discussion going on in the continent about GMO, for example, which uh, has got a lot of questions to answer in terms of uh, where the technology would sit and how sustainable they are in the long term. So should farmers that have no know-how 
getting to that now or later. So it's important to keep methods of production from the past, but bridge into new sustainable technologies. So I think there's no conflict if you know exactly where you want to go in terms of productivity, in terms of integrating these families into value chains that are sustainable. But we need to break this cycle with a paradigm shift where people that produce food don't have access to enough food. So this is what we need to do. This is a priority. A brilliant answer in response to my question, as expected, of course. As the Minister for Agriculture and Rural Affairs, where do you see agriculture and, of course, your ministry fitting into the wider strategy that Frelimo has for elections due to take place in October? I think the the impact of agriculture is part of a government broad policy that was a promise uh, when the Frelimo took power for this cycle that we are. So we promise to deliver on agriculture. We're doing our best to deliver with all limitations that we have and natural disasters, terrorism, uh, economic downturns, uh, budget cuts. So we're doing our best to, to deliver on our promise. And politics has to do with fulfilling your promises. And uh, the population voted on a manifest that had agriculture as one of the main pillars so we expect that uh, population that live in, especially in small villages that are municipalities, can at least understand that uh, we're doing our best to fulfill our promises, that if they actually give us once again the trust, we'll keep on improving, making sure the policies are better so that the country can prosper. So this is normal way of governing and doing policies. I think this is the expectation of Frelimo. We know we can do much more and we know that the future that lies ahead of us is, is going to be great, it's going to be better if we actually be consistent on the policies that we are doing. Yeah. Once again, thank you so much for that answer. Beyond the elections, what is your vision for agriculture and its role in Mozambique's development towards 2030? Uh, 2030, it's a landmark for the world, actually, the Sustainable Development Goals, one of, one of them says that we should end hunger by 2013. And uh, Mozambique is no different than the other countries. Uh, 80% or more than 70% of the population live out of agriculture. It's their main source of income. It's their main source of food as well. So at the end of the day, our plan must be aligned with this vision. So increasing income. Uh, guaranteeing a sustainable supply of food, access and use, proper use of food, which is a challenge. Sometimes you have food and you don't use it properly, so the impact of food is not the one that you expect. We have problems of denutrition, where around 38% of the population, have the kids have denutrition, and we need to reduce that because that's a big handicap for the whole country. So we expect to reach 2013 with more integrated, sustainable base agriculture that can provide these differences to communities at the local level. We expect to respect the current stage of development of communities because uh, development can also create other problems to communities if you violate the culture, the stage of development. We need to respect that as well. So it's very important to define indicators of success. So it shouldn't just be a soundbite or a number. 
You need to be able to define your indicators so that you can measure where you're going until 2013 and get there and say, yeah, we're having progress or we have achieved the goal and this is something that we're working on. And lastly, what measures are being taken to address climate change and its impact on agriculture in Mozambique? If you look at uh, climate change, you, you must think global. One of the things that we've been advocating on the world stage, the international stage, is that we've been trying as an international community to convince the world that uh, should put funds on adaptation, mitigation, now compensation. So we're waiting for to see, as a highly affected country with climate change, we're waiting to see what's the next name that they're going to give to the discussion the next COP. But if you go and see at the end of the day, the funds are not arriving. So as Mozambique and Africa, we're doing our share, which is do what we can. We don't have factories to close. We don't have a coal plant to close. We don't have oil refineries. So what we have is forestry. What we have is slash and burn agriculture. So we're protecting our forestry with the community initiatives putting our communities aware of the value of the forestry. we introducing sustainable agriculture into the country. We have a program called Sustenta, which is highly debated all over, like any other big country. But it's got this sustainability approach and intention. So we believe that uh, making this paradigm shift from slash and burn to sustainable agriculture and protecting our forestry is something that actually will help and contribute to a better world. But we are trying to explain to the world as well that the problem is not climate change. I think the problem is mind change. So I think countries like yours should work more on mind change so that we can actually have different world and making sure that it's more sustainable. I think you can do it. Small policies, making sure they're really happen and if there is commitment and we don't spend time discussing about wars, we think spend more time discussing about humanity, you can make the change, I think. Yeah. You are in a leading condition to make the change. But at the moment African countries I think are leading this fight. Most definitely and we are very proud to see that. Is there any specific asks you have for the international community and partners alongside the mind change that you've brilliantly said? Let's try and Lower expectations. Don't send a lot of expectation to countries that are suffering from heavy, uh, more frequent disasters. Let's try and not promise 20 things. Promise one and make one thing happen. I think that would help and bring back the belief and hope that we really need. Thank you so much, Minister, for your incredible answers to my questions. It's been really, really great to have you here on the podcast I hope to have you in London and interview you again soon when we're able to see that beneficial development and growth, both within Mozambique, but also, as you've mentioned, on an international level to really meet the challenges of today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of the podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Please do subscribe to us on the platform you're listening to us on and do leave a review as it will allow others to find this podcast easier. Once again, thank you so much for listening to Africa, where it's an honor to have you. I've been your host, Yusuf Hassan. Goodbye. <laughs>